I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably be lost for words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Oh, good, mate. It's, uh, I think we've been spoiled recently for Sunday golf, and I thought yesterday was uh, another fine case of that. It seemed a bit match play-ish in the end between uh, Bryce and the Westwood, but I quite enjoyed watching the contrasting styles, and uh, and he pushed him all the way. Yeah, I'm marvellous. Thanks for asking, Tom. <laughs> um, yeah, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, everyone was all over Bryson. Obviously, Bryson playing to the crowd with his ludicrous drives. Um, and you know, to be honest, sometimes excellent putting as well. Um, and Westwood just playing Westwood. And it's what we wanted sort of Lee Westwood to do um, a couple of times recently. And he hasn't done it for us in Europe. But, you know, there he was. He was fantastic. They both, I think, stroke gains tee to green. They were both in double figures, weren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, they were. They were. But what else can you say? They were awesome, quite frankly. And what I quite liked about it is there will obviously be a little bit of a, you know, because Westwood had the lead, be a bit of a narrative that, you know, he didn't get the job done again and there was quite a damning 54-hole lead thing up there before. But he didn't really do anything wrong. I know he missed a couple of putts, but he then made some that you probably wouldn't have expected him to in, in years gone hmm. by. And, and I thought, generally speaking, considering what he was giving up to his opponent, I mean, what was there's literally almost 100 yards difference on the sixth hole, wasn't there? Um and yeah, he just never got out of his zone. Made that massive putt on the 18th to at least give Bryson something to think about. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I say, absolutely brilliant. I mean, off the tee, he's obviously giving distance away. We know that. But he beats him in approaches. He beats him around the green. He actually heads him in tee to green. Um, you can't knock him. It was, it was. That, but to be fair, you know, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of, of Bryson, but. It was certainly entertaining, if nothing else. That's the thing. The thing I think about Bryson is I don't. I think there's a lot of people that no one's is no one. There's a lot of people that are not his biggest fan, and I completely respect that. I mean, I'm not like I'm obviously a bit of a sympathiser and apologist for him, but I'm not. I don't necessarily root for him to win. Like I wanted Westwood to win, no questions asked. Yesterday, you know, lovely Westwood. But as long as people can just respect what it is that he's doing, whether they like it or not. Um, that's all that, that really concerns me. I mean, he just, it, it made me laugh when he sort of kept coming up with reasons why not to go for the green and while he was playing, it, you just didn't want to do it. And he kind of had to sort of justify it by saying the wind wasn't right or or whatever. But at the end of the day, he was leading the golf tournament for or up there for most part and, and didn't want to dunk it in the water. So, uh, I, you know, I thought he did really, really well and uh, it was another good fun to watch. Yeah, fair play. Can't knock him. He was he was excellent. I mean, you know, it all could have gone very, very wrong, couldn't it? At various points for him. But like it did at Wingfoot, wasn't it? Where he um, smashed the ball, found it and did the job again. And, and it wasn't quite as simple as that. He was, at times, a lot more composed around the green and, and on, you know, with a putter. Yeah. Can't knock him, like you say. I mean, I thought, you know, in the end, Corey Connors was sort of got done a bit for experience, really. I he kept, kept getting day. himself back into it, didn't he? And he then did. just kept going away again just at the wrong time. Um, he did, he did, yeah. But he had to push, didn't he? Because Bryson and, and Lee weren't really giving anything up. So it was... But other than that, I think, you know, like it was a year previous, the final round was tough at Bay Hill. I think everyone generally likes to tune in for a bit of that. There was uh, some, some strange shots happened 
topping one about five yards with a, well, I guess it was his seven wood or something that he liked. They said it was 30 yards, which I thought was a bit generous. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really, really good. I thought it was a great watch. I think there were some, some standout performances from others. I think Andrew Putnam played very well in the final round. Uh, he was one under par, same as Bryson. Uh, they were the only two in the top, what was it, 10, I think, that were actually under par. And then Matt Wallace was under par as well for the day. But there was just, just a couple of players that we obviously keep an eye on. Christian Bezwedenhout was, mm-hmm. was good again, wasn't he? Um, plus one on the final day. Likes it tough, as we said. We we probably should have uh, should have been bolder on him. I know you're more of a fan of him than I am, but I think you just have to respect what he's doing now. It's, it's consistent, isn't it? It's not... I kind of looked at someone like Justin Harding before. I had that little purple patch and played well at the Masters and played well in WGCs. And it, you know, you think, how long does it last? Well, this guy seems to be on a bit of a different level, more like a grace, a shorts, or in their pomp, who stays and when he wants to turn up. Um, so if he's on that trajectory, then we should expect him to at least contend uh, or be up there in major championships in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. He's, yeah, he's uh, yeah. As, he, as you rightly said. Um, if expecting the winning scores to be 10 under or worse, better, whichever way you look at it, or <laughs> lower, higher, uh, then then he's likely to be there because he just knows how to get the ball round. He's a fantastic scrambler. Um, I think he ranked top 10 or 8th, actually, around the green last week, fourth in putting. You know, if you're going to do that um, and just about beat field average for the rest of it, uh, when it gets tough, you're going to be saving shots all over the place. So, yeah, brilliant. Love him to bits, and uh, yeah, I'm, I really hope that he does win on the PJ Tour this year. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I think it's now as a you know, you, you kind of have to capitalise on this sort of form that you're on, don't you? Otherwise, things can quickly uh, disappear. You know, you get these opportunities given to you, you make a little run on the PJ Tour. He's been out there for what four events now. If he plays this in the Honda, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a big time for your career. It might not seem like it when you're in the middle of it, but you know, if he can if he can secure you know PJ playing rights for you know, a couple of years to come, then it changes everything. So we shall see. It's uh, it's one of those ones you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself and say he's a no, you know, he's not. a winner. But there's no reason why he can't. Is is you know the the thing to say. Yeah. Um, back to the European Tour this week, which we've been waiting for for a little while. Um, Qatar Masters. It's an Education City Golf Course, which is a, an interesting name. Uh, Jose Maria Olafarvel designed it. Um, we were here last year, weren't we, for the first time? And, you know, I think when you look at the leaderboard, I think it's fair to say that it was generally more of an accuracy over a distance, which is something maybe not typical for that part of the world. Yep, yeah, agreed. Um, they've moved on. It's more Parkland than um, than the more coastal Doha result. Um, once again, I've missed my things. Oh, yeah, there we are. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we've got two problems, haven't we? First of all, it's the second year of this course which like you say um when we look through it and when we discuss it you know the leaderboard is littered with with people that turn up at the same sort of um accurate in wind courses if you like undulations and stuff like that it was actually littered with it um but equally they've had five weeks off so whether it's a, a, you know an event to go steaming into you know i really doubt um but yeah like you say last week you had a worthy winner campio if i mean we're saying that it's a different course and it is looking at the leaderboard but as we've discussed earlier, um, you go back, you know, Campio was obviously second at Doha and as, as form, to be honest, pretty much in most of the, the Middle East. Yeah. Um, 
and Campio and Harding have similar form in, in places like Kenya and, and you know, um, tight courses like that as well. So it does look a different course, but there are definitely similarities in leaderboards and, and where these people turn up. Who knows? Yeah, well, I sent a text to Ollie Briggs who we had on recently on the podcast, and he's a caddy for Judy and Suri. He lives in South Africa, and I sort of said to him that, you know, just looking, as we spoke about earlier, Jason, that the, the leaderboard seems to throw up a lot of players that play well generally in South Africa, particularly the Schwani Open. And is that kind of just coincidence, or is there a bit to it? Um, he just said the greens are very slopey, big runoffs, and while the fairways are quite wide, they also run off quickly into ditches, hazards, sand areas, and bushes. So it really is about accuracy. So um, that's nice to hear, actually. I think it's a nice change to just, you know, the wide open kind of hit it as hard as you like and find it. Um, brings, and that's not to say that the big hitters are, you know, not going to win here because they can. They've just got to take a slightly different approach. And I think that just brings everybody into it uh, and makes it a bit more of an interesting tournament. Yep. I mean, scrambling stats uh, around the green, I think that, you know, much of the top 10 were top 25 in scrambling as well and putting. And, it, you know, like you say, it's it's okay. You can't. You're not going to compare it to what happened at, um, at Bay Hill or anything like that. But both these events this week may well lean onto um, the much tidier, you know, the much cleaner player, and the player that can that can really not give too many shots away, because you know, as we saw over the weekend, they're not easy to get. Um, there's enough holes there that that you can drop shots on. So you know, you need to be a bit tidy on some of them. And yeah, like we say, we'll see what happens. I mean. Some of the players that turned up last year are slightly inconsistent, but they do turn up at exactly the same courses. This is a quite a nice run, actually, for them as we go from here. Um, and then obviously eventually into Kenya. And, and, and as we said with David Horsey, you know, the David Horsey courses, as we called them. <laughs> um, you know, wasn't just saying that for the rhyming part. Um, works. That's, but that's what they are. You know, it's exactly what they are. Um, and we'll see. You know, we've got our view. Other people have this. Yeah. But just just to sort of reiterate the point about the short game, I mean, Campio last year on Voot Victory, 17th in putting, 13th in scrambling. Uh, Chris Paisley was up there, he was third in putting, second in scrambling. Coach Zia was first in scrambling, 13th in putting. Obviously, scrambling has that putting factor of it anyway. But the other sort of thing, the driving accuracy, Coach Zia was 8th, Samoya 13th, Sadie 14th, Gagley 27th. So it did seem to be there was a bit of a premium on on keeping it on and, and if you didn't you had to, to make up for it Jeff Winter was uh, fifth in putting um, so you know there's plenty of people about there Drysdale was high up in both of them so it it really is a case of if you don't hit those greens you have to get up which it just sounds obvious doesn't it it's a bit cliche and if you miss a green you have to get up and down of course you do but it, it generally you can tell by the scoring that you know, 13 under par 1 it suggests that you're not going to go out and shoot 63s, 64s, and and kind of go 20 odd under par. It's it's a steady grind, which actually would have suited probably a couple of the players we like over at the players, but different level of events. So, you know, let's let's go from the obviously the top of the betting is Thomas Peters, Thomas Dietrich, uh, 18 and 20 to one. Antoine Rosner, 22 to one. Andy Sullivan, Tyre Schwab, <laughs> uh, George Coetzee, 25s generally, and Rasmus Hoygaard at 30s. Um, they don't scream Thomas Peters and Thomas Dietrich golf courses to me at the moment, um, but they are sort of some of the classier players in the field, and, and I suppose Peters is one of the winningest in the field. But Dietrich's still got a bit to prove at, at 20-1, to 1, and, 
and I suppose it's a case of backing him on his potential, is right? Yeah, he's had that run in top 20 last year. Um, but he, he's never going to be too big. But uh, I think we, you make the point that you'd rather be on some of these players in bigger events at bigger prices yeah. and hope to nick a top eight or, you know, top 10 and even even sort of the the giant prize. And like, like you rightly say, you know, there he is top 30 at the workday. Um, and he has turned up at, you know, ludicrously big PGA tournaments and done the job, but can't do it when he's downgraded. Um, what, what can you say? There he is. There's, there's his price. You know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to muff it up at some point as does Peters but you can't deny that that they are very very classy you know um yeah I think what do you think... want he's not they're not for us I think I think they probably want a, a bigger course um I, I'm not sure you know that they would have the temperament to sort of plot their way around something that you know Bryson showed small signs of doing I thought over the weekend as you, as you rightly say um where he he you know, sometimes refuse to, to play to the crowd and yeah. just take the big stick out every so often. But I'm not sure they've got the temperament to do it. Their, their claims are, are obvious, but, you know, are their claims around a course like this any better than, as we'll discuss, someone like Sullivan or Kutsia, very proven winners in similar courses, I doubt. No, and it's interesting to see how Dietrich comes back after playing, you know, pretty well over at the concession. Uh, obviously, Peters was at Puerto Rico, and it'd just be interesting to see how they get back on. I don't think any of those names that we mentioned there, you'd be surprised if they did win. I think that, you know, in terms of Schwab and Dietrich, they're, they're people you expect to win at some point. Rosner's obviously done it very early on. Uh, Andy Sullivan, Coetzee, like you said, are the uh, mm. are the obvious claims, and I think we're both in agreement, first off, with George Coetzee at this event. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at, at Dietrich and uh, Peters on their sort of greens and reg, if you like, against the likes of Sullivan and Kassir. And you know, for me, those two stand here. But yeah, look, George wins in his turn, doesn't he? Probably hasn't gone on as much as we might have thought um, and won the sort of really big one, to be honest with you. But we've agreed, I think, on the, on the courses that we're looking at. So certainly uh, somewhere like the Don Pedro in Portugal, um, you know, the Trophy of San in Morocco links in beautifully with a number of players, you know, Georgie Campillo, Dietrich and Bjork, appear there and we've discussed this earlier uh, um, you know the, the form there does fill in I've put Valderrama in because I always do when I'm talking about those sorts of places and the Maybank seems to throw up um, connections as well Yeah. I mean you look at George there he is you know in China just on the European tour I mean bear in mind that in China he's done you know fantastically well um, at WGC's and, and better events like that there he was with uh, two top I think four top 12s I think in China on the European tour, uh, locally here, you know, around Qatar, he's got numerous top fives and top tens. Portugal, we know he won last year and has, again, number of top tens. Trophy Hassan missed the cut at Dar es Salaam, but before that, on the other course, the other Royal course, he's got third, 11th and fourth. <laughs> for me, he speaks for himself, to be honest with you, and, and I, I thought that 25 to 1, for a man that wins... A, you know, he wins more. He wins more than we think, but doesn't win as many as we think. If you know, what yeah, I mean. yeah, um, strange like that, isn't it? You know, when he gets it right, he was seventh here last year. Uh, when he gets it right, he's he's awesome to watch. He was brilliant in Portugal. Um, he gagged up really. I know uh, Laurie Cantor chased him all the way, but you know, as you saw there, where he was sort of different class because the course suited him better. 
um, I think he will here. You know, he puts well. He's confident. I, I can't see how. It, by no means are we confident this week because obviously we've had that five-week gap. But he he fits the bill, doesn't he? I think the thing we one of the things I like about George Cozy is we obviously spend quite a lot of time on the OWGR website and things like that. And I think you can when we call him sort of like a top-grade European tour player, and sometimes people may sort of turn their nose up at it. You know, when you just look at his best results, there's nothing outside of top fives and sixes and you know, there's a, major, a couple of majors chucked in there at the PGA in the Open. Yeah. He's just very solid. He's always finishing, you know, every season he's got some sort of top five, top ten, second or third. You know, he's, he's just very, very consistent. I really like the Schwani Open. That seems to have been thrown up uh, an awful lot. He's obviously a two-time winner there. Wins, and, and that's the knock, right, is that when he's a lot of his winning has been done in South Africa. But in relation to what we're requiring here, it looks like that's kind of a big factor. Campio has been second at Schwani Open. Uh, yep. Drysdale has been third in Joburg. Uh, Bjork was fifth in Schwani. Winter second in Schwani. Paisley's won at the South African Open, 14th at Schwani. Um, all of them. Lorafabel has won there. Kinholt second in, in Nedbank. They're yep. all kind of South African loving players. A couple of guys. Jameson, isn't it? And... It's that kind of accuracy. It's the fast fairways. It's the you can get yourself in and out of trouble quite quickly. Um, the scoring will be low enough that you've obviously got to make a ton of birdies, but it's never going to get away. You wouldn't have thought. So when you look at what suits him, he loves the Middle East and he loves and he loves South Africa, and that's I think you've got a perfect blend of that. So why why overthink it? It seems like it might seem a bit on the short side, but it's got to be relative to the field and. And 25 to 1, seven places is uh, perfect enough for me. Yep, absolutely agree with you. Yep, can't knock uh, you. I think I think sometimes you've got to you've got to look at fields and 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 if there's one that is there at 25, you, you know you can't always ignore them and just go for everything at 50 plus, can you? No, absolutely not. And there's another guy that was in the same sort of price is uh, Kurt Kitayama's 33 to 1. He's coming a bit since uh, this morning. And I was a little bit disappointed in the price, but I don't really know what else you make him. Again, he's he's kind of he's one in Amman, he's one in Mauritius, it's kind of the same sort of thing. Fifth in uh, sixth in Dubai, um, you know, he's fifteenth for South African, fourteenth for Trophy Sand that you mentioned. He generally plays these lot sort of you know fairly limited time frames since he's been on tour. Really, he's played well at all those sort of places. He's gone thirty fifth, twentieth, and twelfth in the Middle mm. Eastern swing so far, getting better every week. Um, and he leads uh, the tour at the, or this field uh, around the green over the past eight and the past fifteen weeks, which could really you know pay off because, like we we mentioned, Ollie Briggs mentioned that there's you know there's runoff areas and there's going to be a tidy part of the game. He said it's kind of got an American feel to it. Because I was obviously asking about Julian Suri himself, so you know that there's plenty there to like, and I think that he's proven his talent at this stage already. Yeah, quite interesting, isn't he? Because he's he's languishing outside the top sixty for driving accuracy over in the desert. Yeah. And they are, you know, to be fair, he's he's big there. So it's interesting what you say about the fairways. We'll see what happens. So he languishes outside there, but yet still returns top ten, top twenty in greens in reg. Um, so obviously his irons are irons are you know pretty dialed in. Um, yeah, uh, you know, like you say, he looks excellent around the green. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a bit short for me. But yeah. I always think Kitayama sometimes is sometimes well, he's a bit pop, short, because he's the he's yeah. the sort of latest American player that's come over. Everyone kind of gets a little bit excited about that, don't they? And everyone kind of expects someone's kick on like 
Kepka and Uline did and all that. So there's always yeah. you're always looking for that other guy, aren't you? And that's why his price comes shorter in. But you know he's had that he's had that win. He's he's nearly won. He lost to Tyrrell in the playoff, didn't he? It's, there's been enough to suggest he's good enough, and he would be someone that I kind of have to wait up is if he won, and I've and I've left him alone because I wanted forty fives or whatever. Am I going to be a bit disappointed? And to come to the conclusion, I would be. So, yeah, we shall see. I think, like you mentioned, it's interesting that he's been outside the top six. He can drive next seed at those events. I think it's just because they're a bit wider. You maybe don't try so hard to narrow it in. I think if he needs to, based on the on the courses he's played well at, he can narrow his focus. And, and it'd be interesting to see what he does. Um, yeah. One guy I thought you might like around here was, uh, was Dean Burmeister after last week. I know, I know. I can't back it. I can't <laughs> him every, I, I, you know, I just don't see the leaderboard of last year fitting fitting Burmeister. That well, that, that's the thing, isn't it? He that. would he would he would fit the previous Doha course, wouldn't he? Yeah, As, I think so. Yeah. And but and I suppose the price is what it is because of that second place finish last week. So I guess that that was kind of all. Yeah, that was. was to it. Sorry, that was quite annoying to see Reece Enoch win again. He's he's absolutely. Made it made a fantastic living out there in South Africa now. Um, I mean, again, sorry to bore you. I remember him. I remember backing him on the <laughs> Challenge Tour like a hundred years ago. But fair play to him. You know, he's got his, his wife's South African, I think. Is what, um, and uh, yeah, he's 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 flying over there, and he constantly puts in big finishes. And you know, you saw that over the weekend. If you looked at the leaderboard, there's obviously hundreds and hundreds of home players, and there he is, Welsh flag sitting on the top. It was uh, yeah, it was great to see. To be honest, he's he's one of those players, isn't he? He's, he's sort of a rare breed where he's he's obviously not made the step up that he would have hoped, but he's still managed to forge a very good living. Like you say, you know, his wife being in South Africa suits him to stay over there. But even on a challenge tour, he just consistently keeps getting you know wins, top fives, and you know he's very steady. And you know, despite the fact that he hasn't got to where he wants to be on the European tour, he's uh, he's having a good go at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, I like to say good luck to him. There's a couple that we've always discussed and thought, why don't they actually have a go at a proper full season over in South Africa? Because mm. I think they'll they'll really do well. Um, and it's a great, you know, it's a great place to sort of forge your winning, you know, your wins if you like. And then if you want to come back over, that's fine. But you know, it's uh, I'm not saying it's easy to win over there, but generally, you know, people like Burmy don't don't sort of turn up there at home except for three or four tournaments. You know. You know, Beswin Dehu is not going to turn up there now for more than a couple, probably the South African Open um, on one other. And and so, therefore, there is room there because the rest just beat each other all the time in coming 10th. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think, you know, I, I'm sure it's extremely expensive to go over there and <laughs> and try and forge your career. But, you know, if it's somebody, somebody was determined to do that, I'm pretty sure that some of these youngsters could go over there and, and really stick in two or three wins before coming back. And just gain that winning experience, and we know what South African players do when they come over here. Yeah, doesn't make sense that's to me, but the, hey, that's the thing. Is like you said, the key thing is it's learning to win. We're seeing a lot of it with like we're seeing it more than ever now. A lot of PGA Tour players have kind of honed their craft on the Latino America or the Mackenzie Canadian Tour or or whatever China. They've gone out and they've and they've done that, and and then come back better prepared for the PGA. It's not the ideal route. It's, everyone wants to go straight to Q school or straight into sponsor exemptions and make good of it but it's not always the case so why not go and get that you can't replace winning can you at any level 
think um, I think you know if we talk about the ultimate to me it was Brooks Kepka obviously yeah you know no, exactly yeah, you can came see over on the what happened, you saw a different route yeah absolutely yeah um, Sean Crocker was another one for his interesting for me he's a little, little bit of a short side again like Kitty Armour there is a, a 45 to 1 if you want 6 places but generally 35 to 1 um, but we, we spoke about him a couple of times recently and, and especially in Saudi last time he finished tied 12 his ball striking is just absolutely off the charts um, one of the better ball strikers on the tour and it just it caught my eye that he's got a second at the Alfred Dunhill Championship in South Africa and a second at the Trophy of Sam which we mentioned Um both sort of eye-opening. You, you mentioned China, he was 10th there. He just looks like he's played well at the right kind of places and he looks like he's he's served his kind of apprenticeship, if you like, of finishing top 10 in decent fields here. Um, and now it's time for him to kick on. He obviously played here last year and, and didn't do an awful lot finishing tied 61st. But I think he's a an ever-improving player. It's just whether you can uh, can take the 35 to 1 back. Yeah, I think, again, he's short. But he's another one. It's, um, it's all about iron play with him, isn't it? Yeah. Um, should he have won in South Africa? Yeah, potentially, maybe. Um, you know, 18th, wasn't it, where he hit that second, just hooked the second into the trees and, and uh, whatever. That's up to him, isn't it? Um, I know that your mate who you're going to be speaking to very soon is a fan of his. Yeah. Um, and he has. He's got, he's got a fantastic iron game. Again, he's another one. It's... It, it may well be just who's going to putt. I mean, look at last year. I mean, I don't know if you remember last year's, um, you know, Campier Drivesdale just would not go away. No. You know, it, it, there was none of us thought he'd stay there and he just would not go away. Campio, we know, um, is a bit is a bit sort of up and down with his putting. Um, very good player. We'll discuss him soon. Can't believe we haven't discussed him already and we're up to 35, <laughs> 40 to 1, but there we are. Um, and, it, you know, so at any point, You'll get that that good run, won't you? You'll you'll the the you know the rock will roll as they say. Um, that that was a worry. The South African was a worry for me in terms of the fact that he just completely broke down, hmm. um, and especially after it. But yeah, like I think a lot of these players will be disappointed. There's been that break. You know, he played well in Saudi, obviously. Um, didn't need to particularly rank high in scrambling because you know his approach play was so good. Yeah. Um, and and that's how you interpret the figures, isn't it? You know different people interpret them in different ways but he found eight and a half shots on the field at Saudi seven shots on the field at Dubai just with his irons um if he does the same again on on you know what aren't the, the biggest screens in the world um yeah he, he can be there I just thought I, I found this terrifically hard tournament I just think coming off of coming off of that break as well um you know you can make a case for so many of these between you know 25 and 100 to 1 it's 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 very very difficult i've gotten very little confidence in this week whatsoever i haven't and and like you say the important thing you mentioned as we mentioned at the start was the short game and the putt it was littered with strong putters wasn't it and mm. and i've just mentioned two people that you know generally speaking are all about ball striking so it's you know kitty armor's decent around the greens but it it's you know it is a worry I just think with the with the five weeks off, I suppose I, in my head, I'm a little bit kind of leaning towards that. Who's going to be consistent with the irons? Who can come off a break and still hit the ball well? Um, obviously, they've generally been practicing, but it, you know, it's 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 just so many unknowns, isn't there? I've got one more uh, before we get to our joint favourite hundred to one shot, which might be our favourite bet of the week. 
Um, Jeff Winter. Winter? I don't, I, I'll be honest with you. If I saw him down the street, I wouldn't recognise him. I, I have very little. I don't see an awful lot of him in the coverage if I've ever really watched him for any length of time. But second in the Schwani Open. He was third in this event last year. He's finished fourth in Spain, which I think with the Lafabel being a designer is kind of a link. He's had three top fives in Spain across his uh, challenging European Tour career. Ben uh, Cody mentioned the point about uh, the Aphrodite Hills. He was 14th there. He just seems to be tidy in all the places that you'd want him to be. And then the last two, he's gone 27th, 33rd, with a couple of like, odd rounds in there that have kind of held him back from from the top 20s. He's now returning to a course he finished third at last year. And and he's there at 80-1. to 1. I just thought that was a, a reasonable price for him. Doesn't no. win, does he? He doesn't no. win. But, no, but... it's proven he's not a winner. But it, you know, seven places at ninety to one or eighty yeah. to one, it, that was enough uh, for it... me to throw him in. Yeah. Like we said, Tom, uh, it's just so. I, I honestly think this is one of the most open events I can remember for ages. Yeah. You know, I think you could pick genuinely pick you could pick fifteen players and not get one in the top ten. I mean, you probably wouldn't, but you know. Um, oh. I don't know. It's either going to be the most obvious leaderboard in the world or the most bizarre. Well, that's the thing, um, isn't it? You're either going to get a 500-1 shot winner because yeah. everyone's kind of out yeah. of sorts, or you're going to get the likes of Peters, Dietrich, Sullivan, Schwab, Coetzee fighting over the top three or four places. So it's it is, it's a really hard... It's, just, it's a hard event. I actually found players quite hard this week as well, but at least you've got a lot to go by on that one. Mm. Um mm. You know, it's only a second look at the course. That what we saw last year, it could be completely different this time around because of the different circumstances, the break, the the, the less interruption in terms of you know actually what's going on with COVID and that sort of stuff. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a it's a really mind-boggling uh, event to get your head around, and and why we won't get too uh, confident in one. But I'll let you uh, talk the the listeners through our hundred to one shot because we're both obviously very happy at the odds and. And both quite surprised, actually. Just just quickly first, Andy Come Sullivan, on. I know you mentioned him quickly, oh, yeah. but but quite frankly, you know, winner at Portugal. He's what You want to go on about South Africa. I know he hasn't won the Schwani, but he won the South African Open yeah. uh, at Glendower. And Glendower's been home to, um, you know, the Mighty Bears was second there. Graham Storm beat Rory McIlroy there. Paisley, who was seventh here last year, has won that same tournament. Um, Morton Oren Madsen uh, won Glendower in 2013. Um, he's of the same milk. Um, I, I think his claims are just outstanding. I mean, I, I wouldn't have had him at 25 to 1 myself. Um, but it is Andy Sullivan, and we know that, you know, if he does shoot 70 over, over the first two days, he's likely to give up and go off for a pint or something. He does seem to be the, the guy round. that doesn't really budge in price, does he? Even when he was playing at his best, he was 25 to 1. Even when he was playing really, I mean, when he played really, really poor, he obviously went quite a big price. But. It seems like 25 to 1 is reason. Like, if you're a Sullivan fan and believer, and, and all the positives you just listed there, 25 to 1 seems decent value when you pit him up against what else is at the same price. Yeah. Um, yeah, what can you do, you know? Uh, <laughs> um, I, I just think it, he's when he's good, he's top class, isn't he? Um, and he's a winner, which is different to, uh, you know the couple up front so I thought again I thought he, he was very fair if you, if you were going to bung on 
couple of win-only bets, then George Garcia and Andy Sullivan give you a quite a strong uh, hand at the top of the market. Uh, again, sorry, mate, I've got to mention Aaron Rye. Yeah. Because if you want a player that can plot his way around a course, that, that is your number one player. Um, obviously, brilliant with his irons again. His he's, he's sort of approach play is always fantastic. He's an absolute demon putter. So if he comes down to that, then there's very little above him that will beat him on the greens. Um, so a very good week at concession, didn't he? Yeah, wasn't great here last year. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Top 20 over there in concession. So he's going to... You know, he's going to take that. He, he's a learner, isn't he? He's not a flash player. He learns he learns his game. And, and obviously, we're coming up to very soon Kenya, where he yeah. um, won his first event. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think he was well worth a look. Again, 35. When you can see what he done at the Scottish and the Irish, he should, possibly should have won both. Um, yeah, I thought he was, he was fair. But, again... They're all fair, aren't they? So back to our 101 shot. We're talking about the uh, defending champion. We are indeed. I mean, I just cannot believe that Campio is this price. Um, I know that I I did my money a couple of times after he was third at uh, Cyprus, uh, where he made the last hole eagle to get that, that place. Um, I, I just, I, I'm stunned. I mean, he's, he's, you know, never mind. He's, let's look at his latest form. You know, second uh, round the uh, Doha course, before winning here last year and okay Drydsdale isn't you know a man that you'd put up and go that's fantastic form but they both kept coming back at each other I, I seem to remember you know one would hit a 10 footer in and the other one would follow it in and and they just were hammering tongs at each other but he's a, you know he's a winner I mean for me his form at the the corresponding courses obviously here first second 13th 20th over the third courses uh, Don Pedro 8th and 6th Trophy Hassan obviously he's won it and has got an 11th and 19th at Valderrama. He's got a 15th and 17th. The Maybank that I really like um, that ties in with quite a few here. I'm not going to go through the convoluted. Okay, sod it, I will. <laughs> right. So when he was second in 2018, Pablo was third. Uh, Batazio was fifth. Luton was 11th. Lerathbao was, was seventh in 2019. He ran Qatar and has plenty of form anyway. Batazio was seventh in Campillo's win. Um, so they make perfect sense. Uh, and he's been 20th and, and second at Sajana and fourth at the other course. So Campio, we know exactly what course he wants. Um, and I, I, he's had a five-week break, so let's, you know, to be honest, let's ignore what's been happening on the course. I don't get it. I don't understand why he's 100 to 1. I, I'm, I know he was a big price last year, wasn't he, I think. But he wins. He wins from nothing. So he comes from no form. It's exactly what he's always done. And he comes to a course where, he's, uh, he's, you know, they're going to they're gonna love him. You know, the world's waking up a bit more now, which will suit. Um, don't get it, Tom. Just, just you know, you tell me. I, I, I can't quite understand um, where he's come from. He came here last year. Uh, miscut, miscut, 67th miscut. So who cares about what his latest form is? It's six, seven weeks ago. I'm not really bothered. Um, this is the thing. Ridiculous price. Is you say you sort of wins from his first win he was he was actually had a you know really good leading form for the trophy of sand he was second at Mans, second Qatar, twentieth, yeah. third, and then first and third again. But he then missed two cards and then he goes back again, fifteenth at um Valderrama, seventh at the Irish Open, and then he goes for this massive run of miscuts again, you know, for for a very long you know, you you talk about the fact that he went miscut, miscut, sixty seventh miscut before he won here last year. That really goes back to that. You know, he had the seventh at the Irish Open, 
And then from from then on, you know, for another twenty odd events, he was poor. You know, just just missing cuts. To, you know, twentieth in limited fields. He he just he doesn't. He's not someone you need to see it. You know, it's not someone you someone. You see some players and they give you this leading form. You know when to back them because they're peaking at the right time. You don't need that with Campillo. You just need to find the right course for him. I've always really liked the kind of Spanish players in, in the Middle East. He's proven he likes the Middle East in general. And he loves this event. You know, Forget the fact that it was a different course before he finished first last year on this course. But he had a 23rd, a 20th, 13th, second at the other one. You know, Regardless of whether it's a, a completely different test, it's still the same part of the world. He's got that second at the Schwani Open, which I really like. He's he's just everything about him. And the other thing that, that there was one sort of course that really stood out to me as a laugh about link was the it was a 2012 Open de Espana. It's in Sevilla. I can't remember the exact name of the course, but he designed it or remodelled it, and he was fifth there even even way back then when he wasn't you know a big star. So well, he's you know he's not even the biggest star now, but he wasn't a, a winner on tour. So everything sort of suggests that he'll play well this week, apart from the three missed cuts of late. Yeah, which don't matter. We just don't care, do we? Six weeks. No, 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 no. It, 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 like, like you say, you know, not only are they six weeks ago, so who cares? You know, stuff happens. Again, I'll bring up David Horsey. Yeah. You know, look what happened. He went into the, I know it was a massive lockdown, but he went into lockdown totally off the boil and came back flying. Um yeah, I've got no worries. It's almost yeah, been he, a lockdown in itself, isn't it? Again, you know. He's Spanish, isn't he? You know what they're like. You know, <laughs> it's like the Rath about. You know, you could put him up this week if you wanted, and nobody knows if he's going to hit 62 or hit, you know, 87. No. You know, that, that's what they're like. But the price compensates for that. I mean, he's double the price I expected him to be. Well, know, I thought I he was going to be too it. short, and we'd have to really um and ah, because I think we mm. both, even before we saw the prices, were pretty likely to pick him you you're a big fan of his i just look at the fact that he loves qatar and he links to all the south africa thing that i like so we were both probably even if he was 40s and 50s we'd still be having a discussion about him it's just absolutely you'd be you know i don't even think i wouldn't back him i think i probably still would that's the that's how much i like him and i, and I was sort of originally I, you know truth is i was scrolling down the odds earlier and i thought he wasn't playing yeah absolutely I generally thought like oh, he must be out. That's a strange old event for him to miss. He must be, he must be hurt or whatever, and that would explain the missed cuts. And then there he was, 101. I thought, well, you just got to do it. I, I know that there's this kind of people put too much weight in course form and course correlations versus current form, but it has to be a person by person basis, doesn't it? We've seen the likes of Stevie Gallagher's at the same price, just loves Dubai. You know, there's certain people at certain places that just fit, and this is one for Campillo. So I won't bore anybody with with more details on him, but I just think he's, I think he is the best bet of the week. Yeah, I, I, it's just the, the price is wrong. I, I don't care. The price is wrong, and that's that's it, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, you've got another one around this sort of price that you like, don't you? Guido. Yeah. Yeah. So so in about. 30 minutes time 40 minutes time or whatever <laughs> you're going to be speaking to Skyler and he'll be very happy or not happy that I fancy one that he, he's banker win every week isn't he Guido yeah. he's on him every week until he wins um, and to be honest you know why not you know he's had extremely limited 
uh, time on the European tour. Um, but he fits. He's, he's tee to green stuff. Um, he's, you know, and, and you know, I think Skyler's right. You know, when they're ranking above average, they need looking at. Um, certainly, he went off the ball slightly recently. But if we go back, you know, it's only a year ago, isn't it, really? Um, he won Kenya, obviously, yep. which happens in a couple of weeks' time, which is was uh, 17th of March, I think, which is, yeah, pretty much by rhythms, isn't it? Yep. Uh, he led the tee to green stats there, found 15 shots on the field. And after that, he went for a spell of finding seven, eight, nine, ten 10 shots on the field tee to green, which would be perfect here. He did go off the boil, but he had, I think he's got something like um, 40% of his tee to green strokes gained stats um, are in the top 10 from those that have been recorded on his, you know, quite very short career. There's nothing wrong with being uh, 44th and 33rd through the desert recently. Um you know, obviously, like I say, you won Kenya, Harding was second, Samoja was sixth, Lemke was twelfth. They all fit with last year's leaderboard here. Um, 14th of the Portugal Masters, alongside Larathabal, Katsia and Sadier. Again, those fit. And obviously, tie six of Valderrama, which just proves that you can play a tricky course when it gets, you know, as you know what I think about Valderrama, the hardest, the best course on the European Tour. Um, I just think he's young. Um, there's many of them out there. He's had the break, and, and, you know, these kids can can fly when they've had a break. They can find anything. Um, and 100 to 1, I think he was 125 earlier this morning, uh, first, certainly first five, whether, he's, whether he was first six, first seven. He sits along Pablo, interestingly enough, in the market that we've discussed. But I, I think he might have that sort, of, um, that sort of ability, to be honest with you. Uh, it remains to be seen. He may fade away and do nothing. But there's enough there to think that he knows what he's doing he can play the right courses, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. Look, I, I think it's. I think actually, although we're not confident, we've picked some cracking value this week. I think the thing with like you mentioned as well, because you just said there is 44 from 33rd, a no issue in the Middle East, and just to sort of expand on that, is that you're taking out a serious amount of talent mm. out of those fields, aren't you? That that not only do you have to factor in the fact that. He, he had one off bad rounds in both events. He finished with a 76 um, in Dubai when he finished 44th. And then I think he had a third round 74, I think it was, in Saudi. Yeah, yeah, he obviously yeah. had a 68, 67, 67. He had three days. And he was 33rd. And you're taking out Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau, Justin Rose, Victor Hovland, Hatton. Taking all these guys out of the field. He's, he, you know... There's not many people in this field that can be multiple European Tour winners, and he is. And then he's won, at, you know, he's won three or four times on the Alps Tour before that. I know it's not particularly relevant, but it just shows the pedigree that he's got. And there's just, there's kind of, you have to. It's so hard, especially when there's been a break, to kind of remove yourself from the last events you've watched. But they were, they were just, they're just such a different level, weren't they? Absolutely. And, 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 you know, again, if you look at tour tips um, and we look at Tita Green the last eight weeks, which haven't been his greatest weeks, he's ranking 16th in this field. Yeah. So let's go back a year when he is, you know, when he was top 10 in, um, from his Tita Green, which is, is, you know, obviously I think is going to be crucial here. Um, he's going to be top 10, isn't he? So yeah. 100 to 1 about a player that is going to find improvement at any point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, no brainer really. Absolutely not. There was uh, you know, there's a couple of names that you just you kind of look at, and there was one that I skipped past a little bit in the middle of the order that I 
I wasn't sure, and just while we've been talking, I've kind of been looking up a bit more on tour tips because Zanotti caught my eye going into uh, into Saudi because of just how well he was hitting the ball. Um, he's ranked the last uh, four times he's made the cut. He's finished first, sixth, tenth, and fourteenth in strokes gain approach. He's third in this field over the last fifteen weeks, second, seventh, twenty-fifth, forty-fifth, green in general. Uh, you, you know, you, you've put a reasonable emphasis on the Maybank, which he's won. I like the fact that he's played well in Spain, where he's been second at the Open de España. You know, he is a player that we know can win. He's proven it two two occasions uh, at this level, and probably beaten better fields than this. So, he would be one of the others that would kind of catch my eye. I just don't know whether, in terms of ball striking, he's there, isn't it? It's just whether he does the putting that he needs to do. And then I think you just got a whole sort of bunch of people that you you never quite know what to expect. <laughs> Once you know, even some of these guys look bigger, like 250, 300, 200, and all that. And you think any like it generally feels like a week that these people could win. Yeah, Sadier, Sadier, yep. ma- you know, absolutely massive price, really, on some of his best form. Um, it, it's 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 very, very difficult. Reese Enoch comes over. Um, Canizares is the campio of 10 years ago, isn't he? Yeah, Alejandro Canizares used to turn up when we didn't know he was going to turn up. I'm really interested. Really interesting following the career of Ewan Ferguson, uh, just because the Scots. So we know Conor Simon and we know um, Callum Hill yeah. um, have stepped forward a little bit, and and I'm waiting for Ferguson to do the same. I think he's just as talented. Um, whether it's going to be here, Gagley's got form around this sort of thing. Oh, it just you know, it go, it just goes on and on and on and on and on, doesn't it? It's so so difficult. Um, it wouldn't surprise me five of them appeared in the top twelve. You know, come the end of the end of the week um like you say i don't know uh, you know robert rock played was playing fantastically last year again if it rewards accuracy you know there's rock uh oh just you tell me mate because I, I it's very very difficult um so you know it's, what you don't want to be on sorry tom is i don't think you want to be on players like ross fisher mark warren people like that i, I don't think they're going to thrive here um again you know remain to be Oh, your man's there, isn't he? Joanne Veerman. Hmm. Uh, Bjork's, obviously, we've been discussing Bjork. As yeah. we go through the players, we've mentioned Bjork a few times. Um, again, you know, he's got... There is there is a link with China. He's got fantastic Chinese form. Um, Shwani Open. Shwani Open. Trophy Hassan. Two top tens. Striking um, the ball well, isn't he? You know, how many do you want? But It's actually a fascinating tournament, but it's not a fantastic one to play in. I don't think... Like, play when I say play, as in... You know, have a punt in. Yeah, uh, it's it's difficult. I think we've got value, but I've got no confidence behind it. Just just one more name, and 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 this, yeah, some listeners will probably think it's just the fact that we've interviewed him recently enough, and and yeah. it might just be Dale Whitnell. Oh, Dale Whitnell, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the reason I say that is just going back to what Ben said about the Cyprus Open. He was sixth there. Mm. He was seventeenth for the Alfred Dunhill before. Christmas wasn't he when just it was just after we spoke just before we spoke to him sorry um and you mentioned Portugal he was 24th there when he's sort of been because he's what people got to remember is he's come from sort of nowhere last year isn't he yeah. a bit of time in the wilderness and really got his career back on track and what I actually really liked is when we spoke to him he was out in America wasn't he the actual interview mm. he did with us he was in the world he work, he? Yeah. and he's been there he's been there the whole time and he's been playing an awful lot with Chris Paisley I obviously followed both of them and, and chat some you know often enough and, and they've been playing some money games and 
and that's we've seen that been a you know beneficial for Paisley in the past. He said that was a, a contributing factor to his improvement when he won the South African Open. And some of these guys have not been able to play golf. You know that some of the UK-based guys, some of the European-based guys, wouldn't have been able to play golf as much as these guys, or certainly wouldn't have been as easy. And uh, and, and they've been out there sharpening the, their tools in Orlando. So. If there's anything in that, then he could come out firing, and, and he's there yep. at 200 odds to one, and 250. Going to take a couple of places off, so certainly don't expect any fireworks. But 200 to one is you don't need a lot to happen, do you? So no, no, no. I, I, again, yeah, like you say, absolutely. It's, it's some of his form and, and some of his play around the greens was absolutely awesome last year. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fair enough. Again, it's the sort of course you'd expect somebody like Richie Ramsey to do well at, but he's he looks. You know, pretty gone at the game at the moment. Um, we're disappointed that David Horsey doesn't play because he's banging up his street. <laughs> well, it is, isn't it? We need to uh, make his schedule for him. He said that. We do. Um, your mate Chris Paisley. Yeah, you would think that. You know, you would think he was seventh here last year, wasn't he? Yep, loves loves um, his part of the world, doesn't he? Yeah, in South yeah. Africa as well. Um, again, he's you know, he's definitely a runner as well. It's if it comes to short game, he's he's up there with with the best certainly on the greens um so if, if it comes to that and it is about making those putts he's going to be the one the worry is is how good he is off the tee and and certainly his approaches but you know up and down it's kind of you know i wouldn't take many others in the field so it's well no again again you, you know you want to look at um you know you might be able to get one of your your dodgy request to bet things you know pays is the same price as wilco nine neighbor now i don't put nine neighbors a runner in this field at all um but you'll have you know you'll get even money each or two probably in a match yep. bet silly things like that really i'll tell you what let's put a like a, a bizarre five five match bet together and send it off to roadsy and see if he prices it up yeah we'll, we'll see whatever we will but we'll uh, we'll try shall we <laughs> let's go on to the players mate Let, let's go to it i think both of us are kind of yeah, you love the event. There's meant to be coverage of meant to have been promised to see every single shot this week. I don't know if that's quite going to come off, um, but it you know it deserves its place as, as one of the highest. You, you always get the best players turn up. It's only Matthew Wolf that's not playing because of that injury um, out of the top fifty. So look, Dustin Johnson's here again at the favourite. He's now not that six to one favourite that he's been for so long because he's tailed off a little bit, but. Uh, He's there at 12 to 1 favourite. Bryson's 14, Rory 16, Rahm 16, and then Thomas and Xander are 20. What do you make of that top top lot? Do you know what? It really is one of the hardest weeks, I think, that that, that so far, well, definitely of this year, to be honest. I mean, Bryson was, we've discussed Bryson already. Yep. Um, he was brilliant. Is it going to count again this year? They said, I think. Um, that distance may well count more than it has done in the past. Yeah, because um, of the move to March. Yeah. It? Um, look, I, it's it's just weird, isn't it? I mean, he's. It could go very wrong. You keep thinking it's going to go very wrong for him, don't you? Oh, I do anyway. Hmm. But it, it seems to be slightly improving week by week. Um, he's learning a bit more. And like I say, you know, he was first off the tee last week, 12th in approaches, second in tee to green. 20th in putting. Um, it seems to be now when he makes the mistakes, it's not the end. Did the par threes? Believe it or not, 
Third yeah. in the par threes and was third in the par fives. Yeah, that's the difference, isn't it? He's 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 getting more pluses than he is minuses. Whereas I think before we expected disasters when he kept missing it. I mean, look, he's not going to have to drive it 365 yards to cut across a par five, is he? Um, he's going to have to be a, take the foot off the gas a little bit. But I, he is learning to do that. And it's oh, he's such a hard bloke to to quantify, really. But I think know, the thing frankly, that people will look at not? is... I mean, that... he's, he's, sorry, Tom. I mean, he's got the form. You know, we like the form um, heritage and at the Travellers, and he's obviously got the form at um, Harbour Town. Um, he's, he's a he's a big runner, isn't he? I think the thing is, is like you said there, he's not going to have to hit those drives. And that's what people don't like, is once that kind of thing is negated, um, people tend to, to go off him a little bit. But, and and to an extent, I don't think, they're real, they don't think there is any real advantage from having the distance. You look at the people that have won here, the courses that correlate here, it doesn't really matter. That's right. But when you look at the courses that correlate here, he's got two top four finishes at Heritage. Mm. He's yeah. fourth at the Wells Fargo. Um, I really like TPC Boston's correlation. He won that in 2018 at the Dell Tech. You know, if those things are what they are, and, and history suggests they are, then it's hard not to. It's hard to see him being that far away. It, and like you said, he's minimising those kind of errors now, where you don't think, oh, he's just going to have a blow up and that's the end of it. He's finished 37th and 20th, I think it is. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> there's plenty of good enough in the in the last couple of years. So we shall see, mate. It, I think there's there's it's hard to say he's short, but there's just others that I fancy at a slightly bigger price. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the right price. That is the right. To say Dustin's drifted from sort of six to one to twelve. Well, I mean, at six to one, you'd have to be winning every week, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you are talking tiger-esque there. Um, yeah, and I don't think he was going to sustain that, was he? That was no. the question, because he had to he sustain like, that the way to the Masters. <laughs> he doesn't like Bermuda anyway, does he, Dustin? So um, I don't particularly part well on it, so no. Rory, once again, flat to deceive over the weekend. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. He's got to win, hasn't he, at some point? But then so has Finau, hasn't he? How many well, we, times have they got to win? You know. Um, we thought, didn't we, that no, if he was, mess, like we it? were saying last week about Rory, that, and he was 9-1 to one last week, that... He could it could just be there that he gets the job done um, because of how well he plays there and you know it'll be at nine to one typically when people sort of don't want to be on but and now he's at a sixteen to one price it's going to reel everybody in because it's the players and he's won here before he just he just seems so down about his own game like we we've been fairly negative about his game but not as much as he has no and, that, and that's the I, worrying I, I, thing no I, I sorry I mean I did say after. Um... Oh God, wherever it was, um, was it the workday? Where he just he just wasn't happy. No, he said that he wasn't happy about his game. Um, and you know, look, fair play, to, but you know, you could have easily laid off anyway uh, last week after about thirty minutes, couldn't you? <laughs> um, you know, he was two to one at one point, I think, last week, wasn't he? Um, after the sixty-six, mm. um, which was absolutely ludicrous. But it, it wasn't just that he got beat. I mean. He was pummeled, wasn't he, really? And by a couple of players that shouldn't really have got near him, you know, after that first round. And it's it just keeps happening. It's, it's, it's not right, is it? And um, The thing is, I, I, I don't... Actually, it sounds like 
so I mean, probably both of us, it sounds a little bit like we we kind of like to be negative about him and, and it's easy to be negative about him. We don't. We both want him to be the player he is because that's great for the game of golf. If he goes and wins three or four events a year, it, it's it's like Spieth coming back. It's entertaining for everybody. Um, that shot that he bloody hit <laughs> into the par five after washing two and, and he had he eagled his third ball, then that kind of sums Rory up at the moment. Yeah. He's a bit lucky that he even got that close. But it... The only thing, like we said before, was that he's playing this badly over the weekends, at least, and he's still finishing inside the top ten, and that's what's really ominous for everyone. Um, and he is obviously the most recent winner after last year got called off. It doesn't look structured, though, does it? it, no. it do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, look, I'm not a fan of Shambo, but I'll put my hands up and say, you know, fair play, that was impressive mm. over the weekend. Um, you know, I, you notice the change, whereas Roy doesn't look like there's a there's a game plan there at all. Sometimes he's just hitting the ball, you know. Um, and I don't think, and I think he uh, just goes on these kind of runs where like he makes five birdies in a row, which I think he did do on Thursday, and and he never really eclipses that. And then he's just as likely to make five bogeys in a row. Bogeys, like he's absolutely. he's that streaky that it goes both ways, mm. and and he can't seem to. Whereas Bryson's now starting to do it, he's limiting them. When he makes a mistake, he's kind of it's one bo- like he bogeyed the first hole, Bryson, didn't he? That was the only yeah. hole he bogeyed yeah. all day. Um, you know, even if he is offline, he just Rory doesn't seem to have that at the moment, and that it worries me, especially around a course that is so unpredictable. Like a water ball can ruin your day. You know, he, if he goes into the water on seventeen, that could be the tournament. Yeah, I mean, eighteen, couldn't he? It's... Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think the two courses are comparable. Um, it makes sense. We've we've got form at both courses. It makes sense to come from Bay Hill to here, and uh, there's not enough time to get it right when you're talking about. I mean, for me, last week was fifth major. I thought it was amazing. Um, yeah. Okay, we could have had a couple more players in, involved to to make it that quality. And I think coming off of there, you want to be coming off of there on a high. Um, well, you certainly don't want to be coming off of a low, and I think Rory's performance—he'll be very, very disappointed. He—he he just went away, didn't he? And that was it. Um, so yeah, he's—he's he's not for me at all. Patrick Cantlay is the one for me. Um, yeah. And the main reason being is I bet more a carrot Riviera went off of him because of his passing stroke, and then he—he he obviously won the WGC. Cantlay's disappointed me slightly at Riviera, and I could just as easily—I normally would just come straight off of him. Uh, and I'm a bit afraid to do that when you look at his his form: first, seventeenth, thirteenth, second, third, fifteenth, his last five, and the Masters is in that. Second at the American Express, it, you know where he was ridiculous on the Sunday, wasn't he? He's played better here than than maybe people think. He's had two top twenty-five finishes. He played well on the on the opening day, didn't he? Last year he shot a five under before it also got called off. I always it's weird I've changed my kind of opinion I've always thought he'd look too short in the market and all of a sudden I think 22 to 1 with 10 places is, is plenty fair enough yeah I think it's in comparison isn't it so yeah. so you're looking at it with against DJ Bryson maybe not so but DJ Rory Ram who who at some point it's all going to click very soon um, but it isn't quite at the moment um, Xander's struggling to win at the moment um so, yeah, it makes perfect sense that Cantley is very, very fairly priced. Obviously, he's got that third, seventh, third heritage. 
yeah. uh, which makes perfect sense. His traveller's form, I think, is 11-15-15, his three best efforts. He's in absolutely flying form. Uh, Tita Green, he's been top 10 uh, in the last three events, uh, which includes the Genesis, uh, where perhaps he could have done a little bit better. Uh, we know he can play tough, of course, as well. Um, he's got the Memorial win. Um, no, it doesn't directly, but it's, you know, these are difficult, it's a difficult win tournaments. It's a big field, isn't it? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, doesn't mind wind. He's in flying form. Yeah, I mean, why not? He's top grade, isn't he? So, um, yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, play, as you say, played well here and, and had that. Um, played okay last year until it was called off. Obviously, the anniversary of of um, COVID, really, isn't it? Coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think 22 to 1, the number of places is, I think you're guaranteed to run. I think that's the thing with him now, is I think you you feel pretty safe putting him in. You talk about Xander there, and he's someone that generally gives you a run and hasn't quite got over the line. In recent sort of years now, Cantlay is, is the winner of the two, and, and, and I would take the, the couple of points extra on him. You know, they both feel generally quite safe. What do you make of Maura Carroll at the same yeah, price? It feels yeah, like. It's uh, he he seems to be that he sort of puts they, the the bookies still hang a number on him, don't they? And it still feels like it's it's slightly too big. It does, um, it does now, yeah, it does. Um, five under, was he five? No, he shot sixty eight last year, didn't he? Before it got called off, um, which is plenty fair enough on his opening round. Yep, yeah, obviously, um, you know, obviously loves Florida. Uh, obviously plays in the wind and as demon iron game. It's uh, it's a tee to green game. And uh, he's got the teacher green efforts, hasn't he? Um, I mean, we discussed this week and we thought, you know, it was very difficult to, to pin, your, pin your hopes. I think, look, if you can go something like... If you can go Sullivan and uh, Cotsier over the other side at 25, I think you can do the same over here. With yeah. two or three of the, of the sort of 20, 25, 28 to one shots. Um, it'd be interesting to see what Morikawa does. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Cantley I think's solid, and yeah, if, you know, like if Murray Carr was, we all say it, if Murray Carr was, you know, part of behaves, and he doesn't give it away, he's going to give himself mountains of chances. You know, he's just a stunning iron player, isn't he? Um, yeah, look, there's loads of them there. Look, you're underneath Murray Carr, well, look, you've got four or five there, haven't you? Even before we hit thirty-five to one. Yeah. So, you know, you that, pay, that, you, you pay your money, you take. I, I think, to be honest, you pay your money, you take your choice. Um, it's difficult. I think that the thing that I that I found with this week is there's so many appealing prices further down the field, but you, you question whether they can win. Um, there's you can tell by the pricing that no one's quite sure who's going to do it out of the top lot because although a lot of the best players tend to win here, it's a bit of a minefield as to which one. No one's really got that standout, obvious form every year, have they? Um, Adam Scott's been pretty consistent here, but it's not. It's not winning or contending form. It's just very, very solid. Otherwise, it's all a bit scattered. I mean, even like someone like Tiger Woods, you know, struggled around here an awful lot. You know, it, it's one of those courses where it does tend to throw up a little bit of a, a random, you know, round every now and then where you sort of play yourself out of it, and and you finish a twentieth or a twenty-fifth rather than in contention, and and that's it's entertaining for us as viewers, but probably quite frustrating as a play. You spoke about Jason Day a lot yeah. recently he's he's one of the probably the best of this bunch in terms of consistency over the last three or four years um, your mate. your mate 
Hideki. Yeah, yeah, he'll finish twentieth. So well, he was. See, he, don't get. He, I mean, he shot sixty-three here last he year, did. didn't he? Uh, again, what we have to remember is these were obviously early players. Um, no, it's a, it's a, it's a bloody nightmare, isn't it? I mean, you know, Webb, unbelievable form in in all the correlating courses. Um, you know, obviously winner at Harbour Town, got form at um, the Travellers, uh, wins a Wyndham as well, which which. Um, there's form around in oh my god and he's you know he's a con- I mean that's rarely do you see somebody patting as confidently as Webb Simpson does um, god Victor Hovland who's doing absolutely nothing wrong I'm not you can't put Fino up for win purposes as we know but oh, it's just I think with Webb as I it's think just there's... too hard it's too hard Tom it's too hard <laughs> I think with Webb it's like this move to March they reckon that the distance comes in that might throw him yeah. off but right. he was 16th 2019 I think it was and, and he shot four under opening round last year so he 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 keeps proving people wrong and in terms of Pete Dye form in terms of the Wyndham in terms of whatever else that you want to chuck up in terms of correlating thing he's probably the best fit it's yeah. just that he's priced that way yeah, um, but I mean, I mean, you know, you look where what he's doing off the tee, and then look where he's finishing. Yeah. You know, U.S. Open. I mean, he's top ten. Yeah. Um, and the Masters, yeah, it, it was soft, so so distant. Obviously, we see the winner, uh, Cantlill, but he still finished tenth, even though he ranked fifty second off the tee. Uh, Sony Open, okay, he was top twenty five in off the tee, finishes fourth. Uh, the Workday, uh, obviously, Mori Carl winning it. He's forty seventh uh, in driving distance, finishes sixth. GR GR fifteen, just because you can whack the ball doesn't mean you can play the irons, um, and vice versa. So, you know, it's him, it's Berger. Oh, they're just it's just magnificent, isn't it? Really, it's just well, brilliant. I suggested yesterday that Fleetwood wouldn't last very long at forty to one ten places. He was fifty to one. You know, when we were talking about the prices last week, um, two top sevens here. The last two starts, shot bloody seventy eight opening round last year. So he was. He was well out of it by then, but you know, and and that was more in case he took a step forward at Bay Hill. To be honest, if he'd have, if he'd have done what many expected him to do in tough conditions yesterday, he would have been twenty-five to one. Mm. Um, he does look that little bit out of sorts. He's missed some some bad putts. He, I think he three putted from was it fourteen feet or whatever it was uh, on the par five and six. So something not quite right. But I do think that the forty-fives and forties and that with with the big amount of places is pretty fair on him. Um, I'm going to jump right further down. The person that I seem to be a little bit negative about when everyone else is, is singing his praises has been Christian Bezwedenhout. Um, there's been a lot, of, a couple of tweets with Jason Sobel has been out today and said that you know no one or whatever his last ten or whatever his winners um, has finished outside the top 22 in their last start before winning here. It would be a big jump up for Bezwedenhout to to come and win this you know this week, but he's had that little run of form where he's finished thirty second in the WGC, finished seventh last week in really tough conditions. So he fits the bill in those. Um, the Wyndham, he was thirty seventh, which is you know not massive, but it was his first look at the golf course. Twenty eighth at the Heritage. Those two courses there that that already correlate. We know that. He's going to get up and down as he needs to. He's a fantastic putter on his day. It it really does come down to the scoring, I think, him doesn't it? As as we say quite a lot. If it gets to 18, 20, to, uh, 20 under par, 
I can see him being 20th. But if it starts getting a bit tough and the wind swells and scoring's lower or higher, it you know, and it's more around a 12 under par, then I think he's banging it at 70 to one. Yeah, scrambling's going to count, and and there he is. You know, he's uh, he's awesome around the greens. Did it again over the weekend. Actually, could have been one or two better, but you can't really. You know, they're all they're all dropping him, so you can't have a go at him. Um, yeah, he's brilliant, isn't he? Again, he's another one that might suffer with distance off the tee. Yeah, but it's it's one of them, isn't it? It's it's do you want to hit it x yards and be playing out of potentially thick rough to small greens? Or do you want to be plotting your way through it and uh, not three-putting as much as everybody else is? Really difficult. Obviously, we're both big fans of his. We expect him to to win somewhere, at least once this year. And and hopefully, he, he performs well this week. And he just keeps getting invites and, and stays top 50 and keeps playing. He's he's brilliant. And um, he's another one, isn't it? it? You've really got to see how the course is playing and what the weather's going to be like um, in order to be on. But 70 to 1 is, is fair, isn't it? Um, my, my only knock, I've always just thought he's a bit overrated in the market based on, because where he got his wins, even on that recent run and where he's finishing it, kind of, you could tell where he could win and you could tell what scoring yeah. conditions needed to happen. So when he was 28 to 1 to win in a 20 under par event, I just had no interest. All of a sudden, the, I know it's a massively different field and a stronger field, but I'd rather just take a chance in him at 70 to 1 or 66 to 1 in this kind of event and and let him have a run of it because if it gets to 10 under par i don't really care who else is in the field as long as that number he's got to get to and this sort of event should suit him then then that to me is all that really matters i don't think he's i don't think he's scared of the company at all i don't think that bothers him it didn't phase him at bay hill you know when he was even the year before when he was you know he sort of blew up in the final round but he was playing with rory didn't it wasn't that he was playing with rory just had a bad day so i don't think any of that really phases him he third at Wentworth you know in the big events that he's played in relatively speaking he steps up he's had a couple of decent starts in WGC's now so for me I'd just rather take him at a bigger price and, and hope that he plays his all content yeah absolutely that's that's very fair yeah I think you can keep I think you can keep punting him at 70 if he's 71 you can just keep punting him uh, yeah. you've got um, two years to get it back haven't you <laughs> well you have haven't you you've got 70 yeah. tournaments and and i can guarantee you you know obviously he's not going to be that price when he eventually goes you know plays a slightly easier either pga tournament european or south african tournament but yeah you can you can keep going with him he's he's awesome but like we say you know he sits next to wills alatoris in the market um both really promising players um both very tidy obviously Zalatoris is, is a much longer hitter and he's ready to fall over the line but it's just interesting to see how how players like this are, sort of attack the course um Zalatoris was somebody I was really really interested in I mean we discussed earlier debutants can win he, he's very unlikely to um but again look look how many top 10s he has and, and you're getting what are you getting I mean you can get 60 to 1 for a top 9 I think that was a bit bigger earlier on probably 66 or something like that yeah. um, I'm not necessarily that keen on going down to 50 um, but 70 a top 8 potentially a 60 top 9 for somebody that they cannot kick out the top lot I mean he's missed one cut in like what 17 years or something is that a Taurus 66 to 1 10 places he is a bit Fred yeah um, yeah 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 uh, 
<laughs> look what he's doing though top 15 you know in, in proper tournaments you know top 15 at uh, Riviera obviously last week he was top 10 didn't go away just wouldn't go away greens in reg ranked second um, he's fantastic Zalatoris it's surely surely he's not going to be like Finau is he and just win Puerto Rico um, which he's going to do isn't he obviously <laughs> um, at one point you know he, he's, he's awesome they, they, you know that's what I'm saying this this event you can make genuine cases for them, not says to win, but certainly to be placed. It's um, it's stunning, really, isn't it? Um, Corey Connors is down there, that sort of uh, price range. I'm not the biggest fan, but I haven't seen um, I haven't seen the, the pro tracer be so straight so many times. It's that just it's it? absolutely in a straight line, which. May not, you know, may suit certain courses. I'm, I don't think he's gonna he's gonna do it here, but you know, it's worth mentioning because that that line just goes. It doesn't divert. You look at Jordan Spieth and he's playing it all over the place, isn't he? You know, he's feigning it. He's 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 talking it. He's um, you know drawing it. He's doing all sorts, Jordan. And then you look at Corey Connors. It's just bang straight down the line. It's 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 fantastic to watch. But yeah, going back to them. Yeah, Zalatoris, Bez. I mean, what do you want? Back him name and there. Casey, I really like. Yeah, I was going to um, say you like Casey. I do like Casey. Um, he, for me, is playing the best, best golf of his career. In a long, in a long time, isn't it? it? Like you say, it could be his career. Yeah, I think I think this is probably the best. I mean, in terms of the fact that he's always hit spells of very good form, but but the class that he's putting up against now is uh, is the very top. And he's like well, like we said before, we said at the PGA that was the first sign when he was just smiling about coming second. Yeah, um, he's just a much got a different more relaxed outlook, attitude. Obviously, you know, one on the European Tour a few weeks ago, to be honest, won that very, very comfortably. Um, he's got that 18th, 22nd, 11th at Harbour Town. Travellers, he's got a couple of seconds and a couple of other top fives. Uh, he's a, I'm big on Tita Green people here, big on the approach merchants here this week. Uh, could call it wrong, obviously, if Bryson uh, goes and proves it, he's smashing the ball down, that'll do it. But yeah, this is exactly the course that, that Casey's going to want. I know he's a bit in and out round here, but you know he's got a couple of top 15s, a couple of top 25s. He's a big time player. He's not going to. His attitude is just fantastic now. So that, I, I thought he was well worth a mention. That's the obvious worry. Is he has you know he's got. But in the last four socks, he went for that spell. He didn't play here because he you know was in different form, didn't turn up. He had like. Four missed cuts and a 14th, then two missed cuts, then didn't play for ages. Then he had two top 23s, and then he's missed a cut. So it's hard to tell what he really does like here, because he was in good form when he missed that cut at the 2019 renewal. So it wasn't like he was in glaringly better form than he is now. He just finished third in Mexico, 25th at Genesis, second at Pebble, second in Singapore, and then won the Valspar to start after this in 2019. So there is that concern to it, that... It's easy to forget that he was in that kind of form and miss a cut. But I I think it's easy to put too much stock in a miss cut here because I think there's just so much that can go wrong. It's such a volatile golf course for everybody. You look at everyone seems Rory McIlroy is a there's a top doggy. He's missed four cuts in nine starts. You know, yeah. it's not it, it's so hard to be consistent around this golf course for anybody that Maybe they maybe these twenty fifth and fifteenth place finishes are, are a little bit better than they uh, mm. they first appear, and that ties us on nicely to Sergio Garcia. We both like. I said earlier on in the in the year that 
I'd rather back him at 18, 90 to one in a bigger field than 20 odd to one in a European Tour event. Well, he's won this once, he's finished second twice, he's got another third. I've just said about the fact that how volatile he is, he's not missed a cut here in the last 15 years. No. Yeah, he's played every year. 22nd last week, uh, last year, two years ago, last renewal. Um, I just think it's spectacular. He's hitting the ball superb, like he always does. Won the Wyndham, one where he needs to win. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I think he's a great bet. Yeah, last year he, uh, last year, last week when we were talking to Martin, Sun Dog Monkey, and I mentioned the fact that Players' Championship market was up. His, his initial reaction was Sergio at 100, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, which, uh, yeah, you know, was silly. Uh, but the fact you can still get 90 top eight is, is bizarre. I mean, you've already said it. You know, he's, uh, players won. He's won the players. He's been runner-up here. He's got a fifth and 19th at Harbour Town. Um, Travellers, he's got a second as well, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. and, and three certainly better than midfield finishes. Um, Tita Green, he's awesome. He's ranking 6th, 8th, 2nd, 35th and 4th. Recently at Travellers, I think he's been 15th. I think he was. Um, he's, 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 it's Sergio, isn't it? It's, it's all about what he's going to do on the greens. Um, but ultimately, um, if he if he sort of sticks there in the top, what top 20% of the field yeah. in Tita Green, he's not going to be giving it away that much. He knows these greens, like you say, he's played here a thousand times, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and even to be honest, when he's not been in the best of form, he's he's nicked finishes. Um, yeah, you know, even even top thirty or something like that, they're 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 fine, you know, in context. Let's get him back in form, which he is. Um, at the workday, he should have finished better. Obviously, final round seventy six, but you know, that's Sergio, isn't it? Uh, Science and Farms. Obviously, we know he was under pressure and stiffed the final iron on the seventy second hole. Uh, Dubai played. Well. I think he could have done better in the in the desert, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, he didn't didn't perform as you'd want him to. You know, his short game was, was sort of left him a little bit. But again, you look down his scrambling stats, and he's got top tens there. And in fact, he, he sort of led the scrambling in Hawaii in the tournament mm. of champions. Um, you know, fifth again in the Sony. So we we know wind doesn't affect him in the slightest. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think ninety or one. Do you know what? It's 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 one of those where I think you can probably pick. We, we have done sort of a couple from the top and sort of three or four further down and just mix them up across the card doubles yeah um, I, th- I think everybody we've picked has very good claims but unfortunately I think there are another 30 in each tournament with very good <laughs> yeah, claims absolutely. as well so it's really difficult Tom but hey you know I, I find it hard for to see a, a real big outsider when it Brandon Grace we spoke about off air mm. he's in great form he isn't he well last week actually yeah. yeah really impressive when we weren't even sure he was going to play which I thought was was a big standout Chris Kirk is he's playing some great golf he's had you know people that don't know his story can obviously look it up I don't want to go too much into it but he's come back to form uh, of late you know this is a player that was 16th in the world at one point I know he was he doesn't seem like that type of player but his last uh, five events, got one missed cup. He's got two 16ths, a second and an eighth. Second, obviously, coming in Hawaii. He's won the Deutsche Bank. TPC Boston comes up here an awful lot in recent winners. Um, you know, he's, he's a winner of decent events. He's won at Colonial. He's won the RSM, which uh, Webb won. Uh, he's played very well out in the past. It's his Memorial. He's been fourth in really top 
top grade tour championship fourth top grade events he's been absolutely superb really under the gun as well that's when he was trying to get Ryder Cup and things like that so Chris Kirkhoff thought he was he was a lot bigger he was like 201 before he finished yesterday um, so there's obviously been a bit gone on there but maybe look on Betfair Jonathan Vegas likes the players championships just finished second in a much weaker event in the Puerto Rico um, and JT Poston just in terms of the correlated courses he's the winner of the Wyndham which everybody loves here and he's got two top eight finishes at the Heritage as well so those are guys Martin Laird another one who played well last week there's a lot of guys that can make claims at big prices it's just it's very hard to see them when you're trying another top 10 finish yeah I'd put up uh, one of our old mates Kevin Streelman yeah um, again you know uh, look, he he's in and out but does seem to turn up at courses that you know that he loves I mean we know for example it doesn't matter what form he's in when he gets to travellers you you know if he's three figures as we did last year when he was runner up you just put him up you know obviously he's got that runner up here amongst some dodgy efforts agreed um, but Harbour Town 6th, 7th, 3rd, 17th uh, River Highlands for the travellers uh, obviously he's won that 2nd, 8th, 15th and 33rd um, yes you've got to uh You've got it. You've got to take poetic license, but you know this is a course that that does reward you know people that like the course um, and and whose whose profile fits. So yeah, you know he hasn't been staggeringly brilliant at any point during the last few months, but you know a lot of his 175 to one. He's probably going to be what 250 on yeah. Betfair. I'd think something like that. He, he worked for us last. In fact, 303 is currently on Betfair according to Odds Checker. I haven't got Betfair up at the moment. I mean, for me, that's you know, it's, it's no-brainer stuff, to be honest with you. Um, he, he calls himself, I, I agree with you, Brandon Grace sits next to him, flying form, did shoot, I think, five under, didn't he? Um, third round over the weekend, something like yeah. that, I think. And at one point was absolutely taking off. Um, you know, it was hitting birdies for fun. I like that you can play well at Bay Hill and then come here the next week. Um, so obviously, you know, he's got to be another one looked at. So yeah, I think I think Streelman and, and Grace would be well worth looking at on the machine. Um, like you say, you know, look, Benny Ann should really love this, shouldn't he? Well, he should, shouldn't he? He should. But, he, you know, what can you do? Harry Varner is, is a Tita Green merchant, but we know what he does. He never does anything, does he? Top uh, three words when he's in contention. But... Oh, it's, 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 it's brilliant. Naismith, again, has got, got some of the stats that will suit here. I, I don't know. You, you know. You tell me, I haven't got a clue. Well, I think it's just it's, it's one of those agree. events I really don't. where you're going to get a couple of names in the top five, which you just go, oh, I couldn't have called that, like Eddie Pepper a couple of years ago. Um, they're they're going to be there. But generally speaking, you get you don't get the best player in, in the world win it that often, but you get very well respected. You get Rory Webb, Siwoo Kim was a thousands one when he won, but he was more talented than that and had the Pete Dye leading Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Martin Keimer, Tiger Woods, Matt Kuchar, KJ Choi are the recent winners of it. And then you go in Stenson, Sergio, Tim Clark, Phil Mickelson. It's it's generally high-grade people, but then you just... The, the runners-up make you laugh. You kind of got Martin Laird yeah. in 2012, Jeff Maggins, Kevin Strillman, David Lingworth 2013, um, Kevin Chappell 2016, I know he was a decent player then. Um, but I, I kind of like... 
the fact that we, we talk about distance maybe taking control in, in March. Well, Jim Furyk was second to Rory, wasn't he? Pushed him all the way in, in that first from your win, March yeah, that's 2019. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, but do you think that's got anything to do with the better players are only trying to win? They're, they're, they've got no interest in, in doing anything else other than yeah. winning. Um, so, therefore, as they're pushing, they're making mistakes. Yeah. Um, I think that's the problem with this. It's such a prestigious event to win. And like an almost an elevation for a lot of these players that haven't won major in WGCs, it could be the biggest. Like a Ricky Fowler, it elevated his game, didn't it? Um, to the point where you expect it's the next step to be a major. They're, they're so desperate to go for it. They're going at pins they shouldn't go at. There's a lot yeah. of funny lies and bounces that you get that you just generally don't get. And and you, as you're about to say, and I've cut you off on, Furyk's happy just to plod there and make his score. Eddie Pepperell was the same. Snedeker was top five that week. Harmon top eight they're the type of people that will just plod 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 and just make their scores where they can in tough conditions and it really takes I mean Rory played great that that week to, to even hold off you uh, so yeah it's it's a volatile golf course you'll see three or four star names miss the cut um, and, and you'll probably see a big player win it in the top sort of half a dozen in the, maybe a dozen in the betting but you'll get a long shot in the in the top five and top ten. Yeah. Would be my summary of it. Yeah. Let's summarise our picks, mate. It's been a it's a bit of a jumbled one this week because we're just we're just not sure, you know, after that little break on the European tour it's hard to be very confident and the players is it's a great event but it's an absolute minefield from a betting perspective. But we're both very happy with George Coatzier and, and Georgia Campio. Uh I like uh Kitty Armour and Sean Crocker, I think, are both playing extremely well. And I'd give a little nod to maybe just an outside chance from Dale Whitnell. I don't know if he's capable of winning. I'm, I'm sure he is, but you know, it's it's hard to, to really get behind. But he might just finish in that top, top seven that you might need to, to pay off at a big price. Over to you for your guitar master's picks. Uh, yeah, George Kutzier. I think it's, I'll just do cross doubles and small stakes. Uh, so George yeah. Kutzier and Andy Sullivan from the top. Um yeah, Jorge Campio calls himself. Can't believe that. I have got Bjork written down. I'm Does thinking everything about he needs to in terms of correlating form. Yeah, uh, Aaron Rye again. Um, I, he's probably going to win, but I'm going to. I can't believe I'm going to leave him out. Um, and Guido Migliozzi um, because because it's him. Yeah, he's a winner, isn't he? Players Championship. I have gone for Patrick Cantlay as my standout pick. I picked Tommy Fleetwood yesterday, uh, and, and there's still enough for me to think that he can finish in the top 10, but there is a bit of concern going backwards again on the Sunday. Really like Sergio Garcia. I think he's fantastic value at 90s with 8 places, 80s uh, or 70s with 10 places, even good enough, really. I think course history and course form speaks bundles here, and, and he's got it. He's one of the most experienced in the field, So, and, and he never misses a cut, which is a really strong thing around here and then I just think you've got a, a whole bunch of, of really long shots you've got Brandon Grace Jonathan Vegas JT Poston all guys that I think can fill out your DraftKings teams can they can all finish in the top 10 Martin Laird as well Nick Taylor all these guys can finish in the top 10 but very hard to see any winning upside yeah Cantley's very very solid I agree Paul Casey Sergio Garcia somewhere somehow Kevin Streelman uh Cam Davis, who I really like, and uh, Brandon Grace. I'm not sure how. Um, and then 
Uh, we've mentioned Benny Ann. Yeah. I'm, I, if he gets an early tee time, I'm going to stick him up for first round leader. Uh, he was third in the players, um, well, not last year, obviously, the year before, um, after the first round. He's been third at the Farmers before, fourth and seventh at um, the Arnold Palmer, including, you know, last week. He's been sixth at the US Open after the first round, eighth at Riviera. So he plays tough courses really well early. We know he don't win because he can't. Um, so I'm going to stick him up. If he's 200 to one, he's going to be 125. 125 exactly. His first round. Yeah, yeah. It's 125 first round lead. Is it first five only though? Is it? I've no, got... it's first seven and eight. There so right. eight, yeah. I think he's 110 to one. So, so when he, you know, like I say, he doesn't. His final finishing places wouldn't let you look at it. You know, you wouldn't be that interested in him. But you know, he, his game is absolutely suited to a tee at green course. And I think there's enough there. I've got what one, two, three, four, five, six. Six times at really tough courses, he's finished in the in the top eight yeah. um, after the first round. So, yeah, I'm going to stick Benny Ann up for a first-round leader. Yeah, it's not really my bag, first-round leader. It's hard to be very confident in his, but Chris Kirk, I think, could get us a good start, 100-1. Um, if you know, Just looking at the first-round scoring while, while you're talking there, he, he ranks fairly highly in that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's, it's a wide-open event. It's going to be a great event. Hopefully we see as much as it, as uh, they suggest that we'll be able to see every shot we want to, which is uh, will be an interesting thing, powered by Amazon Web Services, apparently. So we shall see, mate. Could be great. Yes, uh, I, I think it'll be awesome. But like I say, I think, um, you know, your new idea about doing an in-running thing? Yeah. I think this is the perfect week that we're not going to do it in. Yeah, <laughs> it is. We are we are hoping to do that, and uh, it's a case of getting it off the ground when uh, when we can. Right, mate. Well, that's uh, that's us done for the Qatar Masters and the players. Bit of a bit of a mumble jumble, but two two good events to get back into. Just uh, to hard to pick, I think. Yeah, very 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 hard, but fantastic viewing. Absolutely, mate. Well, thank you very much for joining me as ever, mate. And we'll uh, look forward to next week. Yeah, and all look out for Tom's two appearances on YouTube this week. <laughs> Thank you very much. Cheers, Jason. Thank you. See you, mate. Good luck.